Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside Trey Lyle. And Trey, I don't know if you know this, we are inside 50 days to opening day. We are so close to the 2024 MLB season. Spring training is right around the corner. We're in the the second week of February now. Uh, Pitchers and catchers are going to start reporting soon, and then position players not long after that. The games will get started here at the end of the month, and regular season baseball less than 50 days away. It is coming up quick. Yeah, you know, pitchers and catchers are reporting next week. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. You know, Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, pitchers and catchers are the next, you know, report the next week. We are, there will be baseball played, you know, within a month. We are entering right now the, one of the best time, you know, maybe the best time of sports for the year. From, from this coming Sunday to the beginning of April, you got the okay. Super Bowl, you got the playoff push for hockey and basketball. You got spring training. You got the beginning of NASCAR season. You got March Madness. Yeah, you have Madness, the Daytona 500. You have March Madness. And you got the Masters. From from this Sunday to the beginning of April, that is a great year, great time of year for sports. That's that's a good one. I will say, like, August to, you know, or, you know when you get the sports equinox. So it's like, yeah. what, like August to October? Yeah, yeah, right around that time. You get the playoff push for baseball, you know, start of football, start of hockey, start of basketball at the end of that. Yeah, that's a good time too. End of NASCAR, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you might be right. I mean, to me, the best quote unquote weekend in sports is the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's like always that, good. It's always fun. That Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday when it's you know basically four games going on at a time from 12 to midnight <laughs> and you're yeah. just you know you you don't want to work you just want to watch you know college basketball and you those so, were always the best days in high school because no one was paying attention in class everyone had their phones you know watching games or looking at twitter and you you, you switch classes and in the hall you're like oh my gosh did you see that upset yeah for someone who uh has worked in radio that has aired the ncaa tournament it's nice to just basically get a half a day because <laughs> sure. you're you don't have to do a show. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I uh, I think this is I think that's a really good point. This is a really good time of year, and uh, we're uh, we're setting up for uh, I think an interesting season. I think um, you know uh, there there are still a lot of great players still available, which is of course how baseball works, and uh, it, it's there's a lot of storylines. Yeah, definitely. There there are still a lot of free agents out there, a lot of stories to follow. Um, spring training, like we said, getting started here in just a couple weeks. And the Baltimore Orioles are going to have a new face at spring training this year. We didn't get to talk about this last week because the news broke really right of after we recorded. Literally after we recorded, like, what was it, 15 minutes after we recorded? Probably. Uh, last Thursday night, Corbin Burns, a blockbuster trade 
to the Baltimore Orioles. Former Cy Young winner leaving the Milwaukee Brewers, going to the Orioles. Really good trade for Baltimore. You know, they, they get the new ownership uh, coming in, and immediately they're out there making trades, uh, bringing Corbin Burns in. I think this is huge for them. They they were already a really good team, and they got Jackson Holiday coming up, making his uh, rookie debut at some point this year. Uh, don't know for sure if he's going to start the year with the team or in the minor leagues, but he he will be at the major leagues this year. And you got Corbin Burns now coming in to help that rotation. I think it's a really solid rotation. I've seen some people talking saying like, you know, they have Corbin Burns, and then there's the rest of the Orioles rotation, which is not that great. But they've got a pretty solid rotation there. I mean, they have some really some really talented guys. And you throw a former Cy Young winner in the mix, this is a team that can really go out there, and they they have a legitimate shot at being the number one seed in the American League again. Yeah, I think this solidifies them as the favorite in the American League uh, East, at least um, right now. I am. You know, we'll do our preseason predictions in what two weeks, couple, couple weeks, weeks. You know, yeah, before right before the season starts. But I think this makes them the favorite, in my opinion, in the American League East because you know their roster is essentially intact. And they're adding Corbin Burns, and they're adding a, a top, like a top tierish player or a top tierish tools player. I guess is the way to put Jackson Holiday. In terms of, I mean, he's the number one prospect, like for a reason. So, theoretically speaking, if he meets that, you know, number one prospect, you are adding a top tier infield to an already really good defensive infield. Right. And you have the best catcher in baseball. And you you assume Adley's going to take a next step. You're going to assume Gunnar Henderson's going to take another step. And, like, this might be a little far-fetched, but they're, you know, Gunnar Henderson, definitely Adley, like, definitely Adley Rutschman. But the O's could have two legitimate MVP candidates on their team. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And now you throw a, a Cy Young candidate in there too. Yeah. I mean, it's a really well-rounded team. That's cool. I, that's good for like, you know, it, it's the O's, but it's, it's good to see this, this kind of, you know, they, they had a plan. They're kind of, they kind of followed the, the A's, you know, the Astros plan where they loaded up on prospects and then the Astros made kind of certain moves for elite pitching to you know, I you think of the Verlander trade, which I think was an in-season trade at first, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, but so it's a little different than Corbin Burns, but you know that kind of ish move. You get a pitcher, maybe an older pitcher, but a, a very good pitcher, and you add him to this young core group. Yeah. It's it's a really good move. I like it for the Orioles, and I think that it, it really solidifies them, like you said, as the, the favorite to win the American League. And I, I'm rooting for them to have another good year. I know, obviously, they're in the same division as your Yankees, so you can't root for them to have too good of a year. But it's uh, it, it's nice when you have teams that have struggled for so long to kind of turn it around and have a lot of success like they did last year before they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. So we'll see if they can match that success and then surpass it in the postseason this year. Uh, other news around Major League Baseball from the past week. Well, Oakland A's are probably moving to Las Vegas. Um, they have a plan to build a stadium in Las Vegas. And 
some surprising comments this week from the Las Vegas mayor. Who this said continues plan, to be a, a, a blank show. She says that the plan does not make any sense. She was on a podcast with Front Office Sports this past week, and she said that the, the A's plan to move and build their stadium where they're building it in Las Vegas does not make any sense. Now, we should note that where they're planning to build the stadium is not actually in the city of Las Vegas, so the mayor doesn't have it's any kind of jurisdiction. It's an old hotel in it. Vegas, right? Like It's on the Las it... Vegas Strip, which is not actually in the city of Las Vegas, if you look at the boundaries. Yeah, it's uh, Henderson County. It's Yeah. So so it's she doesn't really have the uh you know the jurisdiction there. Uh I think in her interview on the podcast she actually pointed out another site in Las Vegas that she thought would be a better uh, a better site for the stadium um than where they're planning to build it, but they want to build it on the strip, you know, where everyone thinks of when they think of Las Vegas. So she said that their plan doesn't make any sense and then she had to come out with a statement later in the week and clarify her comments and she did say that that it would be nice if the A's could reach an agreement with Oakland and stay there. And it would, it would be great for the fans in Oakland if they could stay there. But she also welcomes them if they want to move to Las Vegas. So, and just to bring it down, they actually don't have a stadium deal in Las Vegas yet. So the A's have no actual home right now. The whole thing is a mess. So what do we call them? I, they're at Oakland this year, right? Yeah, I mean, they're still going to be in Oakland for this year. I don't, I don't know when their plan is to actually move. So, it takes so a while to no build a stadium. Actual, ho- the only thing that has been approved in this process is the ownership, the MLB owner saying you can move. Yeah, but there is no agreement, and no like, you know, when the Raiders moved to Vegas, they already had a stadium deal. Yeah, and it was like signed on, and they had the land. And there's a reason that, like, the Super Bowl is there. You know, T-Mobile, which is owned by MGM, which has a giant casino in, you know, Las Vegas, the MGM Grand Garden Arena. That's why all the the event, you know, big boxing events move from the MGM Grand Garden Arena to T-Mobile. Same ownership, folks. Uh, But that's how the Aces got there, because there's already a a stadium there. Same thing with the Vegas Golden Knights. But there is no deal. Like, they have nothing. Like, there's nothing saying. They have no, like, Literally, they can move wherever they want, <laughs> theoretically speaking, because they yeah. they would just need to prove they have no deal. So it looks like you know Oakland sort of wants them. Like Oakland still wants them, but they have no deal, and they're already they're pissed off they're leaving. And Vegas is kind of pissed off of them because they were like, "We didn't really want you. You just said you're moving." <laughs> it's right? it's a that's kind of how it mess. feels like. This is yeah. so this is so messed up, and I'm doing my best to you know be civilized here. But this is so bad for a fan base that loves this team. Like, you saw it in their protest. And it's just ineptitude at an ownership level. This is a Dan Snyder level of ineptitude. (laughs) You got to feel for the fans because they they look at other teams like the Orioles. That's what we'll say now, right? When it's a bad owner, it's Daniel Snyder. Can we say that? Or do we have to move it to, like, David Tepper or something. Uh, I think you can still compare it to Dan Snyder for a while. But, you know, Oakland fans, they're going to look at other teams like the Orioles who have an agreement to sell the team and are already going out there and making big moves like the Corbin Burns trade. And they're stuck with John Fisher as the owner trying to move them out of Oakland. 
and they're, yeah. they're just thinking, you know, what what could be if we were able to to get him to sell the team. And the city of Baltimore and Maryland, the state of Maryland, locked down a stadium deal yeah. for the next thirty years before the ownership change. So they it wasn't like it the done. new owners could come in and you know, you know, buy the team and move them, which I don't think he would move out of Baltimore. But like we said this last week, and I know for I know for a fact that the deal was not prudent on ownership change because some deals can be that way where they get voided because of ownership changes. Right. So, yeah, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's it's so place. like, I, it's just it's really not a bad or it's really not. My guess is they'll move to Vegas because yeah, you know Vegas wants to be like I think get all four major sports teams. And they're gonna get. I think they're they're gonna get a basketball, a major league basketball, or not a major league basketball team, an NBA team. <laughs> they have a WNBA team, but they want they're gonna get an NBA team. I think within the next how many years does LeBron James have left to play basketball? Just how many ever left when he's done? And then they'll expand to Vegas and make them, and he'll buy, become the ownership. And I say that because LeBron James has already said. When I retire, I want to bring an expansion team to Las Vegas. And well, there you go. My guess is that's going to happen. He's LeBron James. It's just not a good look when the mayor of the the it's it's all been it, I I it's it's a it's an S H I blank show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And y'all can fill in whatever letter you want there, but it's it's a doo doo show. Like, come on. <laughs> it is. Like, it's it's not good. They're going to be awful, too. They're going to be the worst team in baseball. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You also got to feel for, you know, so many teams, so many teams out there locking up their young stars, keeping guys on the team for a long time. Meanwhile, the A's had Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon, Josh Donaldson. They're all gone. Yeah. This is a good transition for you. You're setting this up because I think I know what you're going to talk about next. Yeah, speaking of guys locking up their stars, we actually got two big contract extensions this week. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the young one first. Bobby Witt Jr. gets a massive contract extension from the Kansas City Royals. He has been a really good player in his, uh, I think, only two seasons that he's played at the Major League level with the Royals. But he gets a massive contract that's going to keep him in Kansas City for a long time. And it's, you know, it, it's the largest contract in Kansas City Royals history, um, Royals fans have got to be happy with this because their team is showing some commitment to the future. They're showing that they want to keep their young, homegrown talent around for a long time. Uh, it is an 11-year extension worth $288.7 million. It is the largest contract in Royals history, and I believe if all the options and everything are exercised on the contract, the total value would be $377 million, which is something like the third or fourth largest contract in baseball history. It includes, yeah, it includes a club option after the 11th season that would add on an extra three years and 89 million. So in total, it could be 14 years, $377 million. That is a huge deal for a guy that's played two years at the major league level, but he has been really good for them. And I, I like this move. You know, you, you keep him hey, around when you're, for his you have a minority years. owner that has the, you know, the longest, one of the largest contracts in NFL history. It helps. Well, yeah, true. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, Bobby Wood Jr. is lit. I mean, he's lit up to the hype. I mean, he played two years of Major League Baseball and he still made, you know, he made the, and I know this is not like, you know, not every great American player played on that team, but he was on the World Baseball Classic team. He was like, he was used as their pinch runner for a read. Like his speed is insane. He might be the fastest, you know, right, you know, fastest player in the league. He's, he's got all five tools. Um, you look at, you know, the Royals have some young players, some really good prospects. Uh, we'll see if, you know, knock on wood, Hokie Stark, Gavin Cross works out. Um, but uh, yeah, Bobby Wood Jr. getting locked up. I mean, you're seeing more of this where like teams have decided. I think these small market teams have realized our best way to keep them is to pay them a large contract early so that one, you're getting like the prime years of his career and you're right. keeping him and you're avoiding, you know, arbitration and free agent. Cause you're, you think about this, they would have him no matter what, for what the next eight right. years. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. That first contract BS is so weird. in baseball. Whereas like football, for example, is very simple. It's five. Like if you're a first round pick, it's five years typically or four with an option or it's four. So, yeah, I, I we've seen this. Like, you know, the Braves did it with the slew of things. They did it with Acuna. They did it with, you know, all their, all, all their these, young players. Austin yeah, all these, pretty much all Austin. of them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I, I think it's really smart. As you go to arbitration, like, you're probably, pay, you're going to pay, if you're going to pay one year, let's, let's say it's 30 million a year. Let's just use that as an example. Is this contract? And I'm, I just didn't want to do the math in my head. You pro in a year of arbitration, depending on how good the player is, you might have to pay him that. Yeah. So it avoids the Shohei Otani things. Like, and his was different the way he came over. But my point being, like, one, the best way to utilize these big contracts is make sure you pay him during the prime years of his career. Right. And, you know, the big risk is it's only two years. You know, it, it could fade out, but. I think the small markets getting their star for such a long period is a really big thing. It's, and it's good for the sport. It's good yeah, it that is. the Royals, like, we've talked about this a lot. Like, this is not just the one move the Royals have made this offseason. Like, the Royals are spending money. Yeah. Like, do I think the Royals are capable of winning the World Series this year? Probably not. But with the way they spent and the players they've added, like they've added good baseball players, versatile, great, some great pitching. Like they're in the American League Central. They could Anything's win it. possible. Like they're in the worst division of baseball. <laughs> they could be a five hundred. They, they, you know what? They're a five. I think they can be a five hundred baseball team. And you know what that means? You have a real shot of winning your division. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right? They could. And yeah. I, I, you know, the Guardians probably are. I, you know, I don't. Probably worse without Francona. You know, we'll see. I know they've kept most of their players, but like Terry Francona is Terry Francona. Um, you know, who knows the twins? You know, and it's the American League Central folks. Like, come Anything on. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything. 
Yeah, uh, I, I really like this move for the Royals. It, it's got to make Royals fans feel good uh, seeing that the team has a commitment to winning and keeping their young stars around. Because you look at teams, like we mentioned with the A's, where all of their homegrown talent has left. Either I think all of them got traded away. Uh, you, you look at teams like the Rays, who almost never keep their young homegrown talent around. They always get traded away or leave in free agency because they just don't sign guys to these long, big contracts. So you got to really like it for a small team like the Royals to to commit to a guy like this. Uh, he's really talented, really good player. He's a power and speed guy. He was uh, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases in his rookie year, 30 home runs, 49 stolen bases this past year. Uh, I mean, just a really talented young player, and I think it's going to work out well for the Royals, and I hope it does. I, I hope it works out for them because they could uh, – I mean, they won a World Series less than 10 years ago, but they've had some really bad years since then, so they could use so, some some good fortune like this. The other big contract extension is a little bit older, but Jose Altuve gets a five-year, $125 million extension with the Houston Astros that pretty much guarantees – he will finish his career in Houston. It'll take him through his age 39 season. And I believe he also becomes the first second baseman to earn $300 million throughout his career. So a big contract extension from Jose, for Jose Altuve. And, uh, you know, it's going to keep him in Houston the rest of his career. And I, you can make an argument he's one of the top second baseman of all time obviously he's always going to have the the sign stealing scandal hanging over his head who knows how it's going to impact his hall of fame uh candidacy he should be in the hall of fame comes. i'm about to i was just going to say yippee like cool because i'm not you know i don't like the astros here because they right. took a little series away from me but uh yeah he's he's one of the greatest in his position he's one of the best hitters we've ever seen, you know, given his size and everything he's done and the power he generates. He's a Hall of Fame player. He deserves the contract. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it'll take him through his age 39 season. Like we said, pretty much all but guarantees that he's going to stay in Houston the rest of his career. So, um, you know, keep uh, keep their the heart and soul of their team around for five more years and see if they can get another World Series out of him. Uh, all right, so the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday, and Ed McCaffrey and Mike Shanahan won a Super We're, Bowl won together. Won a Super Bowl with the yes, the and the now Broncos. Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan he won a Super, a Super Bowl, Bowl together. together. I believe they will be the first pair of father son duos to each win a Super Bowl together. Got it. A little bit convoluted. It's very but that's, specific. That's what it is. Um, but also, you know. Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, great father-son duo. You got Mike Shanahan, yeah, Ed McCaffrey Kyle Shanahan. Was not, you know, Ed McCaffrey was well, You know, okay. he he won a couple Super Bowls. So. He never reached the level of what Christian is, you know, he in also, terms of running backs. They got also, I believe, oh, man, I don't know. I read these facts a while ago. Now I can't remember. I think they might be able to become the first father-son duo to win a Super Bowl for the same team because Ed McCaffrey also won a Super Bowl for the 49ers. So you asking me, I don't know. I, I believe that is I've been true. studying think, up on my Taylor Swift facts, man. I think they could become the first father son duo to win a Super Bowl for the same team. But anyway, with all this, you know, the McCaffrey's and the Shanahan's in the Super Bowl, it got me thinking, what are the best father son duos to play Major League Baseball? And there's quite a few of them. 
uh, I think there's only, and but I, there's a clear number one. Well, uh, yeah, I think we're probably going to have the, the same answers for these, but it's just fun to talk about and fun to look at it. And, uh, you know, it, there's, there's been a lot of them. So, um, yeah. I mean, but, I'm only thinking of two off the top of my head. All right, well, let's go. What, what do you got? I got, you know, the Griffies and the Ripkins. Oh, okay. All right, well, what's your, so you, you have the Griffies at number one? Yes. Uh, for obvious. Oh, I and the Guerreros. I forgot that. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's one that there's one that I probably would put number one, but you're, I guess. I mean, Ken Griffey, like, I mean, Vlad and Vlad Jr. If Jr. keeps it up, that should be number one because they'll be two Hall of Famers. Um, yeah, I'm blanking. Who who would you have number one? I had the Griffey's number one just because it's so iconic, too. Yeah, I, I would probably put the Griffey's at number two. At number one, you got to put Bobby and Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> My bad. So me, coach. <laughs> to be fair, I get, you know, you give me, you get like the whole week to prep. You give me like an hour. So you gave me a day. You gave me a day. But it's been busy day at work. Uh, yeah, like, Bobby yeah, and I, Barry I, Bonds. Obviously, Barry Bonds. I'm shocked you put time. Barry Bonds at one on the list. Well, you know. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked This is too. big. Does that mean you want him in the Hall of Fame? No, it doesn't mean that. I think, you know, I think we're having some progress here. I'm so proud of you, Matthew. But Bobby Bonds had a pretty solid career. He uh, he batted 268 for his career with 332 total home runs. Of course, Barry Bonds has the record for home runs. Um, you know, a lifetime OPS of 824, pretty solid career overall. So I'd probably put Bobby and Barry Bonds at number one, the Griffies, yeah, they're you know Ken Griffey Jr. had a great career. Ken Griffey Sr. not bad, also. Um, underrated one, Fernando Tatis Sr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. Only because Fernando Tatis Sr. has one of the most obscure records of all time. He's the only player to hit two grand slams in one inning. How about that? I don't know that anyone's ever going to do that again. And then Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously still really young, has a chance to have a, a really great, possibly Hall of Fame career by the time it's all said and done. Uh, another one that is coming up, Jackson Holiday, his dad, Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday, yeah. Pretty solid one. career. Um, you know, I not Hall of Fame worthy, but a really solid everyday player, great career. Uh, and then Jackson Holiday, you know, who knows what the future holds for him? He could end up having a, a Hall of Fame career with the Orioles. Isn't um, isn't Tory Hunter's son? Didn't he get drafted recently? I think so. He might have. I don't, there's so many. It's it's crazy the uh, the amount of sons of major league players that are playing right now. I mean, you got, oh, he played football. My bad. Uh, okay. Just on the, well, no, team, he, got... he plays, no, he plays minor league baseball. Okay. He, he went to Notre Dame. He's drafted in 36 round by the Detroit Tigers. Oh, well, I'm thinking, of, I might be thinking of someone else. But you just look at the blue Jays alone. I mean, they got, they got Vlad jr. They got Bo Bichette. They got Kevin Biggio. It's three guys right there, sons of former major league players. I mean, it, it's it's crazy the amount of uh, second generation players that are in major league baseball right now. Yeah, I mean the Blue Jays is like the you know 
the second generation team. Pretty much. Um. Yeah, the Bizios is a good one, as well. Yeah. Oh, I. What about Roger Clement's son? Maybe that's what I was thinking. He might be playing football. I'm doing so good right now. Yeah. Tony Clements is playing in Major League Baseball. He plays for the Phillies. All right. By the way, I got to clarify earlier. Ed and Christian McCaffrey can be the second father-son duo to win a Super Bowl for the same team, joining Steve and Zach DeAssi from the New York Giants. How about that? How about that? Who are you um, taking this weekend, by the way? Which team has Patrick Mahomes? I've decided. Which team has the refs on their side and Taylor Swift? I, what? That's what people said about Tom Brady. I, I hated Tom Brady. You know what? I've decided to like this quarterback because he's really good. I'm you sure. Know what? I'm not going to spend 20 years of my life hating someone. I, I would like him to like, if he didn't. I'm going to decide to like Mahomes. I don't want this to change. <laughs> I used to like him until he beat the Ravens the other week. Uh, he played well. He pl- he did. He did. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. Hey, I will say this. If we want to say a fun football stat, Pro Football Focus uh, put out their top, like, top-rated Super Bowl uh, quarterback performances in the last, I think it was the last 10 years. You want to guess who are the top two? Patrick Mahomes? Nope. If I'm saying this, think about that. Who do you think was number one? The wait, top Super Bowl performances from a quarterback in the past ten years. I think it's the ten years. Yes. What is it? Nick Foles number one. Yes, sir. What? No way. Yes. Guess who was number two? <laughs> High since two thousand six. Okay. All right. Since two thousand. Guess who was number two? I don't. I don't know who would be number two. Jalen Hurts last year. What? But yeah, he lost. I mean, but did you not watch that game? He was incredible. I mean, yeah, I did. If the ball, if he does, if he catches one snap, the Eagles win that game. Like, don't wow. forget, if the Eagles. Like, he literally a ball like went out of his hands on a snap and fell right to the Chiefs, and they raided it for a touchdown. And that was essentially the difference in the game, plus a BS holding call, which was a holding call, but gentlemen, we don't need to talk about football. This is a baseball podcast, but yeah, here I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you the tweet right now. Uh, by the way, Mahomes for his last year came in at one, two, six. So, hey, former, you know, Yankees baseball player Russell Wilson was third on that list. He was drafted, you know, he also was drafted by uh, the Rangers, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. with the Rangers yeah. for a little bit. Went to spring training a couple times. Uh, yeah. By the way, one last thing as we wrap up today's episode. News that came in while we were recording. So, uh, good timing on that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just won a record $19.9 million in salary arbitration against the Toronto Blue Jays. They offered 18.05 and he won $19.9 million. That tops the previous high of $14 million by Teoscar Hernandez against the Seattle Mariners. So Vlad's getting a little money this year. He'll get a lot more very soon. Probably. So that will do it for this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. As always, uh, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Leave us that five-star review. Connect with us at Foul Ball Area, Facebook, X, whatever you want to call it, Twitter, Instagram, 
at Mackins News at VT. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you.